0: Thanks for hanging out with us today. We are so delighted to have international best-selling author of 19 novels, including her latest, The Invisible Girl, Lisa Jewell, with us. Her, she has sold more than 4.5 million copies of her work and has been translated into 25 different languages. Hey, Lisa.
1: Hello. Hello. Oh, good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon and good evening to you in London. Yeah. Um Okay, so I have to ask you, so your books, I think this is probably the fourth or fifth book of yours that we've we've talked to you about, and this one was so good. But before we get to it, I want to know, what is the funniest language you think you're translated into? <laughs> oh, funniest? Do you mean like most unexpected? Unexpected language, because you're in 25 different languages, and I've never asked that to anybody before.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone, but um, yeah, I mean, the ones where it's, um, you know impossible to, to to work out from the uh, It's not even normal normal alphabet um Hebrew okay I don't know yeah that was unexpected yeah after all these years and I, I, that was my first I just got my first Hebrew translation deal so oh, really? after 20 years yes
0: <laughs> wow and this all started out on a bet from a friend that you became a novelist
1: Yes, absolutely. No, I was not I was not one of those um, young people who'd spent their whole life thinking that they wanted to write, write a book. Um, I was one of those young people who was just flailing around without a clue where my life was going. Um, and I, I mean, I kind of thought I might write a book when I was 50, but certainly not when I was 26, which is how old I was when I started writing my first book, which was, as you say, as a result of a, a bet with a friend who basically just wanted to shut me up.
0: <laughs> I love it, <laughs> some, though, but... How great that you got that figured out so early. Um, this book, The Invisible Girl, is such a page turner. I know it just is dropping today. I, I loved it. Lori's not here with us today, but she read it and love, love, loved it too.
1: So why don't you let our listeners know the setup? Okay. This is really cheating. I'm really sorry to do this because I, every time I try and explain my book succinctly, I get caught up in not because it's such a complicated book and there's so much going on in it and there doesn't seem to be a simple way of explaining it. And then I was sent a press cutting today of a review of my book. Okay. Um, and it's four lines long and it's perfect. Is it really cheating if I just read out what somebody no, else said about my book? I think that's book?
0: perfect.
1: It's, it's, it just sums it up beautifully. I'm going to try and memorize it so I can always <laughs> use it. Uh, right. But this is Invisible Girl, in somebody else's words. Owen Pitt is the kind of guy the neighbours talk about. Mid-30s, kind of strange, seems to spend a lot of time lurking around alone. The family across the street thinks he's behind a recent rash of sexual gropings and assaults in the area. When a young girl goes missing, all eyes are on him, even though the family across the street seems to have plenty of secrets of their own. There you go.
0: Oh. So that's what
1: Invisible Girl is is about in in a, a very well written nutshell.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and Lisa, this one, I mean, it's I I'm loving how um you explored because the main characters are Kate, Owen, oh, and, and is it Safri? Sapphire, Sapphire. Of course, I couldn't pronounce it right. Yeah, <laughs> but you, it's told from th- their perspectives, and the time goes forward and backwards, and. You just don't really know what's going. There's dark themes in this um, people should know about. um, And you write about that at the beginning if it's going to trigger people. Um, But it's it's such a page turner. Um, I was so glad I I never can read a book like in 24 hours or 36 or something like that. I was able to this one. I couldn't put down. It's so it's just so it's that is
1: that that's what that's my goal. I don't have any grand, lofty literary ambitions. All I want is people to tell me that they read my book quicker than they read other people's books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> and, you, and you
0: kind of said at the end of the book, it, you know, in in Sapphire, it's, you know, she something happened to her when she was 10. And so she goes to see this therapist. And the therapist happens to be across the street living with Kate, his wife and her two kids from Owen, kind of the creepy guy. And just how everything goes together and how invisible she is and another character is and how they kind of roam through the streets of London and and everything that's going on behind in people's lives that no one knows about. I just... Yes, it's it's dark in
1: lots of ways. It's dark in terms of the themes, but it's also the setting is so dark. It's set in January and February, which in, in London is, you know, it, it, it's nighttime by 3 p.m. It's dark. Um, so there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of, like, a trees waving in the wind and quiet back streets. And um, there's this urban wasteland as well. Um, where a lot of the action is set, it's like an old—it's it, uh, where an old house had been demolished um, and not been redeveloped. So it's this empty patch of land, which is quite unusual in London. Um, and the, the the character Sapphire Maddox, um, she's got claustrophobia, and she's also. Um, stalking her former therapist uh, so she uses this plot of land to, to, to basically live in um, and it's freezing cold and she's out there and I, it made me feel cold writing about she her she was so young yeah so young and she has you know she had a family and a bed and a, a warm a warm place to live in but she wanted to be out there and there's an urban fox um and there's shadows there's strange men walking the streets and as you say as as it says in the description as well there is uh, a series of sexual assaults in the area so it's just it's one of it's really edgy and really uncomfortable i want i wanted it to feel really uncomfortable um to read um but hopefully that's all balanced out by by the characters who i think are um quite sort and, of and you emotionally engaging.
0: And you don't figure it out. I mean, so that's the other thing. It's, you know, it's suspenseful right up to the end. Did you, so if you're just trying to ask, we're talking with international best-selling, New York Times best-selling author, when she was gone, um, what was the one that we just read in the attic or upstairs? The Family Upstairs. Thank you. Yeah. You were yeah. just on for that last summer, I think. And then this that's one is right. called, called The Invisible, it's Invisible Girl. Um, do you, when you're writing them... Because I read at the end of your book, you kind of just said, I don't let anyone talk to me, touch my stuff until I'm done with it. I don't even (laughs) even do research, really, so I apologize. And then people take it and do their magic, all your publishing people. Yes, exactly. No,
1: because I I sat down to write my acknowledgments, as I do at the end of every book. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how come I never thank people for stuff that they've helped me with while I was writing the book? And I realized that's because nobody does anything (laughs) to help me while I'm writing the book. I'm not one of those writers who goes and goes off and finds interesting people to interview or goes off on, on you know, tr- voyages uh, to, to research foreign lands and, and meets all sorts of helpful people along the way. I just everything that's on the page came out of my head. Well, does um, that scare my,
0: people around you? Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think people I think people are sometimes very surprised to meet me because it doesn't quite match up with the sort of person they imagine would be able to. Um, create the sort of um, darkness that <laughs> I, I seem to be uh, capable of creating. Uh, yeah, so I do just sit at a laptop. It's just, somebody asked me to send them a picture of my desk the other day. It's an artist who's doing a series of sketches mm-hmm. of writer's desks. And I was quite embarrassed to send it because it's literally my kitchen table, a mug of tea and a laptop. I don't have any paperwork. I don't have any notes. I don't have any clutter or anything surrounding me because the the only place where the story lives is inside my head. So um yeah. That's so pretty
0: that's <laughs> pretty amazing because we've talked to a lot of different authors um and all the different processes and that you literally just kind of go straight from your head and don't talk to other people. I mean that's kind of unusual.
1: Um yes. I, I do know of other writers who write that way, and I always feel such a kinship because we. I often sit on panels at events and listen to other writers talk about their process, and I do feel a special kinship with the ones who've, who've never who've never owned a whiteboard, yeah. Who <laughs> don't carry a notebook around, who just sort of get on with it. And it, and it is. I think a lot of it comes down to trusting your own instincts, mm-hmm. which definitely you know, like like you say, I'm writing my 19th novel at the moment.
0: I've You're been good. writing
1: since. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been published for twenty years. I now know that I can trust my instincts, um, which is massive, massively helpful. Because yeah, it means I don't spend the whole time panicking and thinking right. I'm doing it all wrong.
0: Oh, Lisa, yeah. you're so. This book is just so so good, and I love that it's in trade paperback. Um, oh yes, because it's you know. It's just, it's so nice to have this. So my, um, the person sitting in for um, Lori today, her name is Brittany, and she had a question and she thought, have you ever wanted to write
1: a sequel to any of your books that you've written? I have never, ever wanted to write a sequel to any of my books. I did, in fact, write a sequel to my first book. So my first book was called Ralph Best Party*, and it was okay. a r- romantic comedy, um, and I I foolishly suggested writing a, a, a sequel to my publishers 10 years later, thinking that they would like it and they did like it. And then I had to write it and I didn't <laughs> enjoy writing it. Um, so that was a sort of a, a, a bad move on my part. But but having said that, Family Upstairs, which is the book I spoke to you about last year, yes, I very much... Um, I, I've now told enough, a, a critical mass of people that I'm going to write a sequel to it to mean that I probably do now have to write a sequel to it. So, yes, I, I will be writing a sequel to The Family Upstairs, and I'll be starting that next year. So, um, yeah, but I actually want to rather rather than doing it for the readers, I'm doing it for myself. Which, oh, cool. Uh,
0: That's yeah. cool, because those yeah. characters I'm thinking of her in The Family Upstairs, she could use a continuation
1: Oh, there's lots of yeah. things going on in that uh-huh. book that, that could be brought back up and given some oxygen and brought back to life. Yeah, and a whole new, yeah given a whole new lease of life. So, what yeah, a- there's a, plenty more gas left in it.
0: Yeah, what a gift you have, Lisa. Okay, so we have to ask you, um, what's the last great book that you read?
1: <gasps> oh. What was the, oh, I tell you a really great book that I read and I cannot remember the name of the book. Yes, it's called The Push and it was by a, a writer called Audra. I cannot remember her surname. We can figure but it, it out. The push yes. um, and it's a slightly we need to talk about Kevin kind of thing about woman who gives birth to um a, a little girl, and the little girl turns out to be quite a handful, and that's putting it mildly, um yeah, and it's really dark and it's really, really gripping oh. um, and I wish I could remember her name That's okay, we'll, well order we can... or something beginning with an A
0: we'll figure it out, but the push okay the well push. this yeah, this book people buy it, you're going to love it it's a great weekend read invisible girl by li. Lisa Jewell. Lisa, thank you
1: so much. You just. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. So Love it, lovely talking to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it was our pleasure. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep writing. You're so good.
1: Thanks <laughs> I'll, a I'll lot. i
0: you next year. Yes, you will. Yes, you <laughs> will. Okay, thanks a lot. In in the meantime, care.